Welcome, everybody, to the Tipped and Stiffed podcast with your hosts, Cade Almarez and Jared Sturridge. Uh, we had a very exciting weekend. This episode oh is God, being recorded yeah. on Sunday, August 29th, yep. and should be out on Wednesday, uh, which I believe is September. Yes. So summer's over. The first September of September. 1st, this will be out. Uh, Big weekend. I mean, a tiring weekend. Week. We had a few. We just had a lot of things come true. Finally, like after COVID and shit, after COVID's kind of died down, we things are popping off. Three really good things yeah. happen. Like let's, let's talk about the let's we'll, talk about we'll talk about the one thing that you and I did. Yes. Later. Well, let's go in but order. Let's go in, yeah. We went to we saw this grunge band bully that me and Jared have been fans of for a very long time, and man, I remember trying to. Her, her, the lead of the band is her name is Alicia Bagnano, and we've talked about her on the podcast before. But we're mm-hmm. huge fans. Yeah, I, I love. She doesn't have a bad album. She just has albums of, that are better than others. Yeah, that's how I'd say. Mm-hmm. And she just came out with a new one called Sugar Egg, and fantastic, fantastic production. It's just fun. Yeah. She's just a fun. She, it's fun music. She because she's one of the few artists that we know of that put out a good album during quarantine in 2020. Right, because so it, many people did not <laughs> exactly, and and then to see her continue on even after that, and to see right. her on the stage like after quarantine and everything, we, was fucking good. Right, we had to uh, show our, you know, it was interesting. I didn't know what the venue was going to be like. It was in Chicago. Yeah. It was in a uh, Ukrainian village, and it's called the Empty Bottle. Empty Bottle. And yeah. when I was looking at pictures of it, I didn't realize it was like a dive bar. It mm-hmm. was like a bar with just a venue in it. Mm-hmm. And man, it was, it felt real. It felt like a real Chicago like scene. It was cool. It was really cool. It was packed. It was, it was fun. She played amazingly great energy start to finish. The set mm-hmm. list was great. It was just good to be out yeah, and see right. a concert. I felt like free. I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing a real thing. Yeah. You know? Like we're actually. Like we we're not just out because we have to be out. We're not out just to like go to the store, get gas, go to our job. Like we're out because there's shit going on, and it's, this is like the way to live life is to right. go out and do this kind of stuff. Now I think the people that were also at the concert, the rest right. of the crowd, maybe was a little hesitant to like they weren't to ready. really accept that they weren't ready. No. Like for people to understand, maybe a little background on this, you had to have a. You either had to have a proof of vaccination mm-hmm. or proof of a negative COVID test from the... Within 48, 48 hours, hours of the event. Right. So, and they wanted masks, yeah. which first of all, dumb, stupid. Yeah, if you're going to require all these things, it's like, okay, well, let's think of that. It's in a bar. Mm-hmm. Every single person at this venue had a drink in their hand at some point and didn't have their mask on. So mm-hmm. it's like, and we're standing shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder in a with confined two, with space. With two hundred people inside, like the it masks aren't doing anything. Easily more than two hundred. Sure. Look, and some of Definitely. you might be like, "That's kind of unsafe." But here's the thing: Is it? I done the part. I don't give a fuck. I've done my thing. They did certain safety precautions. I think the mask thing was dumb in this case because it's like if you're all consenting to be in a small confined room. If it, the majority of people were vaccinated. Most mm-hmm. people weren't showing the COVID results. And it's just like how Lollapalooza was. They had like a 90% vaccination rate. And they had only like 300 people have COVID out of the thousands upon thousands of people who went mm-hmm. there. And that's what it felt like. It's like, right. what are we doing? This is like, yeah. it's a grunge concert. It's sh- The songs that they play people are just loud and fast heavy. fucking going cra- crazy it's heavy you me, jump you you like you sweat you sing right. along and scream and you spit me and jared were goes. going crazy but yeah. the crowd there was some people feeling that energy yes but majority of them weren't it was the it, it sucked because the venue was great the environment was great the band was great mm-hmm. the people sucked mm-hmm. they were just Low energy, not bringing it, just being lame as fuck. It's like, okay, like, and I remember someone a while ago telling me, like, oh, you shouldn't mosh at concerts because, you know, there's, like, women are trying to watch. It's like, 
there is a level of moshing. Like, whoa, what? There's a level. There, like, yeah. I understand what you're saying. It's like, no one's throwing elbows anymore. Like, we're not mm. doing that. Like, we're just Especially shoving not each a, other. This kind of show. We're just, we're just vibrating back and forth. Like, right. It's more like you're just jumping into each other. Like, you're, like, you know, when people go to, like, body. Right. Not, not how body check each other, but they, like, shoulder bump or, like, chest chest bump. But that's right. not even really a thing. But, like. You know, right. you're just like thrashing around with each other. That's all you're doing. If somebody like, falls down, you're gonna, you're not gonna, they're not gonna up. let you get trampled. They're gonna be like, oh fuck, and they're Pick gonna like, you up. pull you up. I've been to, I've been to concerts where there's moshing, and there's been women in the mosh pit. It depends on what it is. Of course, there's, yeah, there's like, I'm the, not gonna speak on stuff. all environments, but in this case, it's like it would have been fucking fine. And the fact that no one did anything mm-hmm. was really lame, but. Of this recording on, on Sunday, August 29th, we're actually seeing her again on Monday, August 30th, and we think it's going to be a different environment. Uh, this, this venue isn't requiring masks. They're requiring proof of vaccination, which, again, it's like, okay, you did the part. Everyone here did the part, so let's just have fun. So I have a feeling right. the Wisconsin side of things is going to be a little wilder. Mm-hmm. I think Chicago... I think Chicago is shell shocked. I think that's what it is. I yeah. think Chicago's in shell shock. I and don't think they're. You, you have, well, in the the place we were at was in the north side of Chicago, and I think, like, and th- what's funny is that maybe and there was a lot of there was a lot of like wealthier people there. Like it was people, weird. People who they didn't seem like they were struggling just by their appearance and like by the way they talked a bit. They seemed more like just they were decently well off. Not the kind of people that I would that I would I was expect expecting. to no, but but the, but exactly the kind of people I would expect to be like, like really self governing. Like we should right. not we like to be like guilty for being there. Right. That's what rather about. than people like who are like these... I'm tired of all this other shit. So right. like, fuck you. I'm gonna do this here. Yeah, but like everyone was like a shame. Like the people who were really like. Uh, mad about being there felt like they were like shaming themselves <laughs> yeah. for doing it and it was really right. lame but um, it also felt a little more empowering to be the guy who was like going and being an, an animal right around it's, them because i was like look at you look at me and i'll look at you exactly <laughs> and whatever it's fine you know to to not give any more power to the people in this in this scenario the band was fantastic. It was like lifting to go see someone in person. It was it was a different environment. It felt yeah. good to be in the city. It was just cool. And I've been just waiting for that. I've been waiting yeah. to fucking go somewhere else. And I did go some a lot of different places this summer. But I mean, it felt good to see a band. I feel like I, I, I would kept telling my friends this. I'm not going to feel normal until I go to my first concert. Things are not going to feel mm-hmm. right until I go to my first concert. And... And here we are, and now I have them going to another one, and I'm super excited for that one as well because the music's great, it's fun, it's good to be out. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen so much live music this summer, you know, spanning from, you know, Lund and Stone Theory and all the festivals, like Luca Montana, all these people, and it's mm-hmm. it's been and like, great. Uh, like Davey, Trent, Trent Davey, like, like everyone, everyone's ready, mm-hmm. and it's cool that we're getting back into it. And it was exciting seeing all those, all those. I'm like, yeah, I, I but I want to be in the place. I want to be at the real place. I want to go where the mm-hmm. real venue is, you know, not all these. Sometimes they feel like pop-up shops a little bit, but right. which is which fine, is, which is just what's what at our disposal. Exactly. In this city, which is what we're going to have to rely on in some capacity. Right. But it, yeah, it was good because then, you know, like, it, so the weekend started with that Friday and then it, you know that energy carried us into the next day, and the next right. the next morning we had uh, we had a meeting with uh, this person who owns the property of the abandoned Kenosha theater. theater. And if you guys know, don't know what that is, it's not that place that used to be by the toy store downtown. Not the Orpheum. Not the Orpheum. It's a large, beautiful building huge. that's huge with a huge auditorium square behind it. And it's behind Pacetti's, Pacetti's Music. So there's a street right behind it, right next to the Dayton Inn Hotel. To be, be in, yeah, right next to the Dayton Hotel. You should drive, guys should drive by it because it's like, it was built so like in the, at, at, during an era, like an right. era of vaudeville, silent films, mm-hmm. like like theaters, comedy, Three Stooges, like Sinatra, Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. So this guy takes care of it and he's actually working on a hefty renovation to get it back into, into restoration. So we sat down with this guy because he has 
what we've been looking for for a while. This that is exciting news. This is exciting. This is, this is exciting for the podcast news. news. This is for the podcast. We were trying to get this thing filmed. We're trying to get a way to film it and just just fucking get it out there more. And like, uh, we finally have what seems like the best opportunity opportunity with the, some with some really fucking cool these relatable people. These, these guys, guys are older, but they're fuck. They're funny. Yeah. Um, I was I was a little worried. I thought they were gonna be a lot more conservative. I'm like, oh, maybe they're gonna be weirded out by maybe some of the stuff we do. When I started talking about, I play one of our the last week's episode where we were talking about Hassan Piker, and one of the mm-hmm. guys knew who Hassan Piker was, which that like hit me over the head. I was like, you know who this leftist internet personality is? He's like, yeah. Which then immediately I like felt comfortable. I right. was like, good. He was like, he's like 60 probably, right. this guy. And they were, you know, we sat down and we talked about the details, uh, stuff about like, we're going to have a website soon. Mm-hmm. We're going to have like two websites. The group that's organizing it is called iKenosha and they want us to be kind of one of their, one of their th- artists that they show off in a sense so we're gonna have we're gonna have a youtube channel we're Mm -hmm. gonna have the tiptonstiff.com and then we're gonna also have iKenosha a place to host our content and to like can be like in a sense connected with um their message about the community which is just like it's just putting people in a position to like show their stuff together right to have a place to be like oh there's a unified uh location to for like businesses and right and people who are trying to innovate certain things in our our city to to you know do that in one spot mm-hmm. the centralized spot this they're trying to grow a local scene and obviously mm-hmm. the band the guests that we have are from the local scene so they were right on board with that they like the idea that mm-hmm. we're reaching out to local artists that we're just trying to, everyone's just trying to support each other. You know, we're musicians ourselves. We're doing it. So to them, they feel like they're filling this hole of uh, artist representation for what they wanted to do. And they want to do it through us. And which is great. I mean, we're pretty much on the same level of what we're trying to do, but they just wanted younger people doing it. They Mm -hmm. want people who are, active in the scene that know the bands and know the artists that can reach out to people and it's more comfortable it's more comfortable having new ideas you know me and jared are 21 mm-hmm. and they want that so we took a we look at the we looked at the studio the equipment they have available and it's just like it's exciting i mean we're gonna actually have like a little studio space we're gonna have mm-hmm. like a green screen we're gonna have real can we're probably gonna have like a two cameras where we actually mm-hmm. cut back between me and Jared. And then when we do guests, we have all sorts of stuff. We have it's the ability good. to do as much as we need to. Like right. we, we have, and, and then some. Right. And it's really, and because, and it's good because we can, in, in one stroke to get, fulfill the, the need to film our podcast, to grow our podcast and mm-hmm. to like, just have more fun with it and have a more solid, real thing. Mm-hmm. And we, in the same stroke we get to like build something with some people right. who are genuinely passionate about their community yes and about the businesses and artists and the youth and people of all backgrounds who are right. literally who are th- like we've said on this podcast a fucking million times there is nothing for a lot of people in this city right because there's certain money that goes to certain places and certain opinions do not get supported one by thing that was that re- money. really cool that they agreed upon with us with is that Kenosha doesn't do anything for the hip hop community and mm-hmm. Kenosha doesn't want to. And it was cool hearing from these older guys that they're like, they thought that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They were genuinely like, that's stupid. Like this, that's what is the culture now. Mm-hmm. Why would this city not represent it? Right. And it's, it is dumb. And it was just kind of refreshing to hear like someone older say that it's like, oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for listening I, to thank yes for look, reading the room Read, yes <laughs> and so it's this is super exciting we are going to we finally are going to have it we're probably going to start doing uh we we record on Sundays it works the best for us mm-hmm. but we're going to probably do a thing where the solo podcast gets recorded on Sunday and the guest podcast gets recorded on Sunday and it's going to just be awesome mm-hmm. we we just we're having we finally have this thing together and it's great. 
Um, and I, I'm just excited to finally yeah. get it out there. We can finally start growing a YouTube channel, finally have clips for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and start advertising and getting the name out there and getting people watching and just growing our fan base. And, you know, it feels like we have so much support. We know we're small and we're not blind to that, but we know the potential of the content we know the potential of uh the, the reach out that we can do and the right. positive effect that we can have and well we saw that if we saw that effect in full swing last night with the third the third thing that happened this weekend so right. far we went to go see tim Dillon live at the chicago improv doing his uh did he do an hour he didn't he did an hour uh special and uh we know him mostly from his podcast and we relate to him mostly from his podcast and this, the just like Talking to some of the people at that show was just like it sealed the deal that podcasting is the way to like it's the it's the most like unifying right audience. People like podcasts. They yeah, and, and it's you know, not culty really. It can, it can get no. culty, but like with this one specifically, there's like a diversity in opinion, but there's a respect with right. like because we all we all just there's a solidified. I don't know, like a. We're like, yeah, let's just appreciate that we have the ability to come together mm-hmm. in the first place, and that kind of lowers the tension of having different opinions. Tim Dillon was great. Yeah. I mean, that was like a dream come true to see him. Uh, me and Jared are huge fans of Tim Dillon. I mean, I listen to his podcast and the Patreon podcast every week. If you guys have not listened to Tim Dillon, I can't recommend him enough. He's hilarious. The show is entertaining. You know, he's a bit topical, but he makes it funny. Mm-hmm. His stand-up is fantastic. I mean, it's, I've seen Joe Rogan live. Tim Dillon sweeps, sweeps the floor with Joe Rogan. Tim Dillon's so much better. Even podcast-wise, I would say that Tim Dillon's better now. Yep. And it was just, you know, when you have this kind of idol when you have this person that kind of look up for it look up to you're like you are doing this and you work hard and you've made it through all these horrible things in your life and here i am paying for a ticket to go see you at the chicago improv and you have four nights with two shows a night sold out in a row and then you see him come out on stage and you're like holy shit this is a dream country it was so surreal it's the same essence of, you know, if there's a band you really like and you finally see them come out on stage and you're yeah. like, you're not just a digital thing. You're a right. real person. Here you are to entertain me, but there's a mutual respect. You know, we, mm. we're your fans and you are our, our artists. And it was a great feeling, great time, fucking hilarious. All the, the openers were good. This guy named Marcelo Hernandez was fucking, so fucking hilarious. Funny. He, he was, walked out. I, I told you, I thought he was 19 when he walked out. Right. He, and he had a good joke about how he looks like. Because I was like, he looks like 19 and he's like on TikTok or something. And that was like his second joke, which so good. was so fucked. The way he did it was so great. good. Was I, great. I love fucking comedy. I want to go to more stand-up shows, but you know. Uh, we don't really live in a city with active and active stand-up community. You know, you really got to be in like Milwaukee or Chicago for that. But you got to get a taste of it when you can. And yep. it felt like we did. And, and it's just another part of the art community that, you know, I want to touch down on. And it's fun. It that's was another, fucking fun. That's another art form in Kenosha that's kind of not as... I wouldn't say it's not res- respected. I would say that it's like there just isn't a, like a, a big enough... Uh, demand for it Mm-mm. at least not yet I not think a lot of places even have open mics not, and not a lot of young people and the same thing with the music not a lot of y- there, it didn't like pick up steam until a lot of young people like Jeremiah Lund's age and like uh, Vertigo's like the people who were coming up in high school and then they were like getting, now they're getting older and they're mm-hmm. they're ready to get going they they want to make music and they're making the scene themselves the same thing's going to have to happen if comedy was ever going to be a thing. Right. I have, I have a good friend who like, he told me he was like, he was like, I'm getting on stage this year. Like mm-hmm. he wants, he wants to try stand up comedy. He's a great storyteller. And it's like, like the only way to push forward for these things is to do it now while you're young and like right. bring the attention to, in a sense, your youth and, and like the vibrance of what youth, young people bring. Right. And just bust your ass. Yeah. Just bust your when ass. When you have the energy for it right. now. 
crazy. I mean, great weekend. Awesome news. Yeah. We can now say for certain that the video podcast is, is coming. Happening. It is coming, and we're super excited, and it's going to be great. And we have, and we just have fucking things cooking, and yep. it's fuck. It's going to come to like it's coming to fruition, close to each other, and it's going to be awesome to see the people when we get there, and you know it's exciting. It's mm-hmm. just exciting. We're in an exciting part of. Uh, this career like we're definitely small and we know that that you know we're not going to pretend like we're bigger than any no. that we we're bigger than anything else we and have 80 followers on instagram it's not for this that pod, yes but we're somehow bigger than joe rogan on spotify we ha- we actually we're, topped the charts yeah on app on apple too it, apple weird we beat out all we beat out like npr every week yeah which is really strange the numbers just don't they don't trend the same way on instagram which is fine that's okay it might, it's all russian bots anyway um actually i think conan o'brien does better than us a little bit i think his is conan his, conan his new podcast is just a little bit a little more bit more than ours we'll have to change that yeah we'll have to figure that out we'll figure, you know, take um it other exciting news something released today yes. august 29th that yes, yes, yes. me and jared have been looking forward to it uh, you know oh, thousands you upon thousands <laughs> of millions of people have been looking forward to uh kanye west's donda dropped which is uh, so exciting we I, we kind of talked about it i think we talked about on the podcast how i felt like this album was a little important because of how many people were going to be featured on it and i don't believe it was too much of the case when it actually released with the features but I'm we talked about hip hop is strange right now, at least in my opinion. There's a lot of you know, T Pain had that rant on Twitch where he's like, You people need to start making new music. Like we're doing the same thing over and over again. We have he's like, We have two people with the name with baby in their name. We have the baby and little baby. It's like we need something new. And he's absolutely right. And right now people are waiting for Travis Scott, Kendrick Lamar, and now Kanye West dropped, and he had Tyler the Creator drop earlier. Mm-hmm. And Tyler the Creator's "Call Me When You Get Home" is not or better than me, Igor. Call me if you get lost. Call me if you, yeah, call me if you get lost. It's not better than Igor. No, it's good, but it's but not it's, better than Igor. This Donda is what Jesus is King should have been. It's not a. Jared doesn't want to put a number to it yet, but after yeah. we both listened to it once at least. It ain't a ten. It's not a ten. It's it, not a nine. It's not a nine. It's it, not an eight. It's probably not an eight. I, I want. I've only listened to it once, and like I said, it's t- two hours long. Right. It's basically like hour and forty-eight. I don't know. It's basically like like mass. Like you right. know, like there's just a lot of parts of it. You know, I as a whole right now, I feel like it. It's literally twenty-seven tracks long. Right. And a lot of the songs feel more like prayers rather than like songs some of them are trying to treat it differently very wordy but in a good way like it's not it's not bad no it's it's not bad it's a good album but it's like a seven in my opinion like i was really excited uh like jail was good i didn't really understand the part twos too much because they were the same song they were kind of the same song there was a different feature on Jail Part Two. Yes, uh, the baby was in one of the Part Twos. He was on Part Two. Jail Part and Two. That was a little confusing to me. I was like, "This is weird that you have to kind of choose between the same song on the same album, and it's mm-hmm. not even that different." But it, it it's we'll we'll have to see. I'm gonna listen to. I want to listen to it about two more times really before I really have a concrete opinion. There was definitely songs when I was listening to I was like, I'm definitely listening to the song again. Yeah. The Cardi features were co- good. Moon was good. Jail was good. Uh there was a lot of stuff on there that was the, just good. The the religious the religiosity of the album was a lot more uh relatable. Re- yes. Relatable. Jesus is King was a very like it was a gospel album. It like, was a it was, strange album. It was very, I could say it was gospel. I don't know for sure, but it definitely seems more like it was in the tone of pure religiousness. But right. Donda seemed like it was more of a, like faith. Like, right. about, like it was, it was kind of like about family and faith and grief. Well, he talked about the divorce. He talked about his kids. He talked yeah. about his mom. He talked about, it was good. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, it's, you know, you're, you're talking about an album that's coming pretty late in a artist's career 
But right. one thing I will say that's evident for sure is that it's not like the Kanye West albums are getting better, per se. The Life of Pablo was great. But no one, if you compare like his earlier career, mid career to late career, it's like no one's going to put Ye or Jesus is King or Donda higher than the majority of those other albums. All those other, you know, Graduation, College Dropout, My Beautiful Dark Fantasy, Jesus, mm. The Life of Pablo. I mean, that shit is is just legendary. You know, that stuff is so good. You know, these last three albums, I would say, are not better. You know, they're, things are moving. He is fading away. Well, no, no, no one's meant to be no. the one forever. He, he will always be looked up to. He is <coughs> arguably a, a goat mm-hmm. of uh, many things. But music is going to move on. Culture is going to change. Right. Things things are gonna come up out of nowhere that we're not ready for that we didn't think. Like Billie Eilish was a really weird thing for pop music, and you can't really argue with that. It was a completely different sound, completely different feel. See Me mm. in a Crown is a great song, right? You know, mm. it's it's dark, it's gritty, it's powerful, but and but it, it's not Ariana Grande. You know what I mean? It's not the weekend. It's not completely that, like, different. It, they're so different. So different. But in, it, like, it's refreshing to see that. And I think, uh, w- I don't know. It's interesting to see rock kind of and so much music now. What happens with this, with the music scene? I'm just, I'm excited. And we've talked about this before. And I, Adonda was, for me, just another example of like, you know, it's going to be different. It, it's things are going to be different. Like even Donda was different. You know, it wasn't the normal and I, I respect it for not being like other things. It was, it was still Kanye West, but it was, it was different. You know, the beats, well, it was and the music. Yeah. Like you could tell he's, well, what is he in? Is he his forties? He's older now. He's right. Definitely. Like, I mean, it'd be like if like, I don't, I'm not a huge Jay Z fan necessarily. I respect him. I'm not a huge Jay-Z fan, but like there's a certain time when you, you reach a point where like your age in music or in your career really defines what you can do and really defines your, uh, just like how people perceive what you're doing. Kanye West is at the point of when Jay-Z released 44. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same. He's at that point now. These, these, Mm. these artists are getting old. Right. Eminem needs to stop, you know, yeah, they all need to stop. It's like, hey, it's the same thing with the entertainment industry. Why are we still watching Fallon and Kimmel and Conan? Why are who and James the fuck and J- like who the fuck cares? Seth Meyers. And to be fair, Kanye West, Jay Z, and Eminem have done leaps and bounds more <laughs> for, for this culture, yeah, for society, than any of them. But I'm just saying, when are the these? When are people going to start? stepping down you know when when can we say it's like how long how much longer can drake be around how much longer can even arguably tyler well we talked about this you tyler you said he's on he's on course for like this most solid run of albums that we've seen in a long time he needs a 10 he needs an obvious 10 to be considered a goat he's definitely great fantastic in his own way Igor's great fucking Flower Boy's great I love both of those albums I don't like them better than Call Me If You Get Lost but Call Me If You Get Lost is still good I'm just saying we're in that zone in a sense Mm -hmm. he's of his careers these people's careers are hitting a point where it's like okay you know Trippy Red's going away Kodak Black, he's gone. You know they're going I, away. That was the first time I heard his name in months. Right, since when you said Little it. Yachty's done. No one cares. Like these older rap, these eras are dying. They're coming to an end, and we need to fucking embrace it and come up with something new. We need the Other, fucking challenge. Well, that is literally the, why you're. We're repeating ourselves. Why T Pain's right that like we're repeating ourselves. Yes, because there's there's too many people. It's, it's like an 
unbalanced scale of people who are unwilling to let things die and the people who want new things to come about. Right. Not that they necessarily want something else to die. Right. They just have something new to bring. Right. But there's the, the reception isn't isn't like like geared towards them. People who I, I saw someone they're like, oh, Justin Bieber just never stops. It's like, can we stop? Who gives a fuck? Like the kid, Lor- like, can we enough? We've had enough. Even like Post Malone, enough. We've had enough. We've been listening to the same shit for almost a decade now. Where it's the it's the twenties. Let's rein it in. Let's rein it in. Let's do something new. Let's fucking bust out some art. Let's do it. And and yeah. I I think it's gonna happen because you know. The pendulum has to swing back when it comes to the culture, and it's going to. And people are going to want to talk about new things. They're going to want to talk, do it differently, or talk about the same things just in a different way. Mm. But just it's it's getting, you know, all these people are like, all oh, these rappers you got to look out to, and you, you look out for. You know, I'll listen to them, and it's like, who gives a fuck? Who cares? They're not doing anything new. They're not. It's like so many. So many people talk about like, oh, his flow is so interesting. It's like, dude, his flow sounds like another five people in his lane. Mm. It's not that different. It doesn't sound that different. And I'm just waiting. I think something new is going to come. I think a wave's going to come. I might be wrong. We might be stuck in this because of the algorithm. And I'm totally open to that possibility. But for the sake of music and art you know let's not do that <laughs> let's make you know let's have a grunge era again like let i'm not saying i'm this isn't me going remember rock and roll i mean obviously we're not in that i'm yeah. just saying can we have people come can we have like a scene come out of nowhere like can we have something new and just fucking wipe the fucking board away and just people be their minds be blown that this artist even exists and be like holy shit they make this music that's crazy what the thing is people don't aren't realizing fully yet that art is probably the only thing that we the only thing that really matters to in most of our society right It's, it's the only thing that really ties people together fully and if we treat it like just a commodity then we will have nothing by the time this decade is out. Like we, it will be, right. it'll be completely in like corporatized. It'll be completely just, it'll be immaterial. If it isn't already. If it isn't already, the scale at which it is already is, is frightening. Right. And I, I mean like I even want something just like how MGMT was really weird to come out of mm-hmm. the 2000s. I like, I even want something like that. Like even someone refreshing. Olivia Rodrigo is not refreshing. No. She's not at all. No. The Kid Leray is not Leroy. I have no. I don't give a fuck. It's not refreshing. Lord's new album sucks ass. <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. The shit is boring. Like, how many like like little dainty Doja Cat songs can she make? Yeah. Like she doesn't even have a good album. It's just fucking singles. It's just like, singles. Who get like? The same goes for like Cardi B. Who gives a fuck? Who's we, listening to any of these? Dude, we really sound so, like the we. I know I know how people are probably interpreting this as just complaining, but like literally, it's ours, right? Like we, we're we all get the same amount of like we're all contributing to it in some way. Like it's more than just a product, but it's not like your whole life. Like it's not an right. idolization, but it is something that's important that people all express and we all relate to. So that the frustration about how it's like. On a, we're not just getting mad at like particular artists or styles or genres. There's a whole conspiracy, it seems, right. to slow down progress to the point where it stops. Some of these fucking people need to just commit like Dre did and make like a fucking headphone. <laughs> like they need to just <laughs> abandon, like do Rihanna. Rihanna has like lingerie. She's a billionaire. Like do that. Jay-Z did the same thing. Like can some of you, like Kanye has the Yeezys. It's like, can you, like, I want these artists mm. to like actually make a product and stop doing music and like be more focused on that. Cause it's boring. It's getting so the supply, this is the biggest problem. The supply of music has never been bigger. There is all the tools are available. You don't need like a fucking 
12 track tape recorder anymore you don't need like an mm-hmm. analog mixer people are like no one's saving up for studio time some mm-hmm. people are some people are and that's fine you know I mean, some people save up for studio time just just as rappers and i get that you know but we're not i'm talking about bands like bands the, there's so many resources available you can make your own album you know what i mean you don't, you just need i'm talking about the bedroom genres right all the which is in indie rock it's in rap right. it's in lo-fi it's claro's in way too big to be like oh my god just you know i'm saying like the supply of that right well there's so too, there's too many of that like we're also talking about that there's too many of there's too many claros there's like like that's the thing like things get that was weird like things are getting just replicated for some reason and i don't even know that's the most accurate way to say it but that's kind of how it looks yes everybody has their own little individual tweaks and and you know idiosyncrasies right but it's not like it's groundbreaking like you we don't have a Jimi hendrix right. we don't have like somebody who can who, who like can look everybody in the face in the same way and be like, yeah, you're never going to guess what's coming next. And then they right. fucking, and like, and then it creates like an era. <laughs> it's just strange. And you know, I, I think another part of it is like, uh, YouTube's a problem. I think you know, people talk about like, who, who's getting that big off of like YouTube type beats? Like mm-hmm. most people aren't, they're getting it from like an actual producer. YouTube type beats really aren't, pushing anyone to like a huge forefront and some people it works i'm not i'm not shitting on it i'm i'm just speaking plainly of originality or you know you listen to some type beats and they're just not good you know i mean they're not they're like missing something Mm. and sometimes the right artist comes along and fucking kills it and god bless them i'm not taking shots at that i'm just more speaking on how will things change what will it look like and I, I i i don't know it's interesting to me how certain artists get called like not real music and then you look at the genre they come from and it's like okay well they're bigger than you you know what i mean like yeah you, they're doing something right that you couldn't do they're bigger than you my Big, like Hunter Gex gets called not real music all the time. They have almost two million monthly listeners. They, you know, what I mean, money, money machine has like thirty six million plays, mm-hmm. and it's like you can be mad, but they're bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Stupid. It's a waste of time. It's like they did something completely different, and they have their cle- They have their, you know, click. They know right. what they they fill the space. They know what their, they did, and they, they also more than just like doing something different with music, the actual sound, they, they represent something in our culture. They, right. they, they're a big part, a product of the internet and right. like meme culture and like the frantic kind of manic, right. like fear impending doom that we, that a lot of us feel, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of us feel, and especially artists who are, can be very sensitive to that stuff. Right. And they can kind of read the room and they make something for it. That that's also what we're talking about is beyond just the numbers you're pulling or the style that you're doing or if you're innovating the sound. Why do you even need to do that? Mm-hmm. That there's an actual reason for why things need to change. Right. And it's more than just so that we can have good music or so that music can change. Like it's not just a self fulfilling thing. It's for something that's beyond music. It has to do with community and even civilization mm-hmm. in that far. It has to do with like with the meanings of life or happiness or expressing something, mm-hmm. you know, it to each other, which is something that we've always done forever. And now we are at a point where our medium, the mode w- by which we can express things to each other is becoming rigid. It's becoming, uh, it's like becoming an oligarchy. You know, there's right. too much money in certain areas of it. There's too much like gatekeeping about, about like, genres and groups like it's becoming like politics the biggest example is how like tiktok is the best and worst thing that's ever happened mm-hmm. they tiktok will blow somebody up like right. magic and then tear somebody else <laughs> down the, somebody else will have millions of followers and it's like you've been banned from tiktok for for you know going against community guidelines 
Mm -hmm. Right? Like TikTok's going through you what YouTube all the YouTubers were going through. And it's not gonna stop. TikTok's in the same boat. They want their advertisers to have one thing. They they don't want they don't want people talking about real shit. They don't want music that's talking about real shit. They you know they don't want people having genuine discourse because that doesn't make you buy anything. It makes you depressed. <laughs> like when you start thinking about like the economy and shit like that. Right. You're not like, you're, it doesn't make you want to go, yeah, but, you know, I know I just listened to this podcast talk about like the evils of corporations, but I really want to go to McDonald's now. You know, <laughs> that does that's not what happens. And I kind of want to talk about this. And I think it ties into what we're talking about music. I've been listening to a new book. Yeah. And it's a book you've been wanting to read. Hmm. It's called Capitalist Realism by Mark Fisher. Yes. This book, I cannot recommend enough i'm almost at the end of it i'm i think i literally have like 15 minutes left of it it's crazy mm -hmm. it was made in 2009 so it, for like a philosophical political science book not even political it's, it's kind of like purely like ah, what would be the word um where it's where you kind of study like civilization in a sense you're kind of studying like modes of practice like right maybe even just economics in a sense it's the idea of capitalist realism is a state of capitalism that's what it's explained or a, st a stage of it it's a state Oh, not a stage. Okay. He, capitalist realism exists in the late stage capitalism, but capitalist realism is like a mindset and a mode mm. of late stage capitalism. The book explains, I think, how a lot of people are feeling. And it describes how culture is turned into commodity through capitalism, where a really good example, and it uses like normal examples, things people can relate to. When people go see movies about a character being extremely charitable, let's say, you know, they, they learn their ways and they give all their money away. When people watch that, they, they secretly have a fulfillment from watching the film. They feel like they've done something good that that this movie has provided a solution for maybe something that they've felt one of the interesting examples is how in a lot of movies hollywood movies the bad guy trope is sometimes like the evil corporation that's in a lot of movies right yeah that's right. a lot of movies a great example of that is wally who hasn't seen fucking wally it's a great movie <laughs> yeah but when you're older and you watch wally again you're like, oh, everyone's fat rolling around the chairs. They're like, that's probably what it is. That's what it'll be. You know, by and large is Walmart. Like everyone knows what that is. But here is this. Amazon. Here, yeah, or Amazon. Here's this little robot on earth just collecting trash. And they're like, you're like, oh, these people, you know, we didn't get our things together. We were wasteful. And then uh, Wally ends up on a ship that's completely ran by robots. And, you know, everyone's eating gunk and, you know, wh however way they may reproduce is like unknown. You know, they, they, these people can't reproduce. Like right. We don't know how they even have kids, but they do show babies in the movie. But what's interesting, interesting about it is that in the movie, if you really look between the lines, is that capitalism destroyed the planet, but it also gave people the ability to escape from the planet and gave them the ability to leave, live a life of excess through robots. Mm -hmm. But then it also gave them the ability to return and inhabit the planet again through capitalism. Now, what's interesting about it is that that movie is like, you know, we came back, we did the right thing. You know, we, we uncovered that we were being lazy and ridiculous and that we need to do the planet right. But no one did. You don't watch that movie and walk away from it, but it makes you feel a fulfillment. It's the same. It's the same thing with like a, a RoboCop. Same thing. Terminator. It's the same thing. We got to defeat the evil corporation. But what happens with that 
is that the feeling of anti-capitalism becomes commodity in a sense where it is cultural, where it gets sold to you, where you feel like you're savvy for knowing that corporations are ripping you off, but you're when, not doing anything about well, it. Because in, in actuality, what you're doing, like when you go to see that movie about a charitable person who does something again, like he does something anti-capitalist in a sense of like, of denying the survival instincts of making money and keeping it and right. using it to survive in your uh, society. Um, when you see that, and you feel good about what they're doing because you feel like you wanted to do that. Right. I think what's actually happening is you know that you probably can never do that, mm -hmm. even if you wanted to, mm -hmm. but deep down, you never would. Right. And deeper down than that, you kind of hate yourself that you never would. And you kind of feel like shit that you would never, when sh if change or revolution were to come in that form, you'd be scared to accept it because of what's been, you know, right. programmed by the survival instincts. Capitalist realism is a indoctrination in a sense that you've been indoctrinated. It's the strange thing of people have a self-fulfilling philosophy in the sense that if you feel like there's nothing you can do and nothing will ever change, which many people do, that will yeah. be the staple of Gen Z. There's nothing we can do. Nothing's going to change. Let's just live our life, right? That is Gen Z. Problem with that, it's a self-fulfilling philosophy. It's a contradiction. When you believe that you will be able to do nothing, you won't. You, then you, you can't will live never your life. be able to do anything. How, how does living your life even work in that situation right. if you can't if your life is under capitalism is built on, you know, like a, like a, a system that you love and hate right. that, or that you hate, but you can't escape. Right. And that, know? and that's, it doesn't fulfill you. How a lot of people feel. And the thing is what comes with that is a depression. There's a depression that comes with the feeling of not being able to get out, ever escape. Nothing will ever be mm -hmm. different. You're in the confines of this forever. Ever. You know, you're going to work jobs. You don't want to work. You're not going to get paid a lot. You're never going to really be able to afford rent or a car, right? How many, there's, it's like 70% of Americans, a ridiculous number of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. No one wants it to be that way. No one wants society to be like that. However, who's doing anything about it? Nobody. Nobody's doing anything about it. Everyone thinks it's about voting for the right person. It's not. Never, never it will be. Never under will capitalist be. Capitalist realism or any of this. This, these. You don't have democracy. The feelings of anti-capitalism are, in essence, part of capitalism. The idea that you are outside the system while living within the system is capitalist. You're not doing anything. There's nothing new there. You're not helping fight anything. A great example, or another part of this book that it explains is. How in capitalist realism, we live in a reality, but that reality is fantasy. Capitalist reality is different from what is real, and we call real the real, right? The real is what's actually happening. The real is what's actually going to happen, right? Capitalist reality takes things that are good virtues and make them a value, but they never are naturalized. And I know that's confusing, but let me explain. Or materialized, right? Naturalized. What's a good example of that is plenty of people are fighting to ward off climate change. A lot of young people, they want, they're demanding that things change in the essence of climate change. That's not going to happen. The energy market is not going to just change like that. And if the energy market does change like that, you're just letting someone else have control over the energy market that's mm -hmm. going to do other nefarious things with it. And so when that's the problem, the virtue signaling of fighting against climate change is a commodity of capitalism and in the essence that fighting climate change is now a value of capitalism as capitalism keeps perpetuating climate change. And what I mean by that is that there's plenty of brands and businesses now that make it part of their brand to be, we are, you know, we're fighting against climate change. We are doing this. We're not having straws anymore. We have this process. None of that is enough. 
When you look right. at the change that these brands have done and you look at how much CO, the CO2 emissions, the way things are heating up, the more hurricanes, Waste all these things, the water. nothing right. is changing. You know, in Wisconsin, the Root River is still one of the most disgusting rivers in Wisconsin. It is chocolate milk. It's has horrible levels of of insects in it. Uh, you know, like healthy water has insects in it that can't fight off pollution, right? Because that means that the water isn't polluted. But our rivers, our lakes have insects that are just, they can fight off pollution. That's all that's in them because they're infected. They're infected with pesticides, you know, chemicals, uh, pills like people don't think about the medicines people flush mm-hmm. down the toilet they like get the, in and the waste the waste chemicals from right. materials plastics none of these things are changing no one's really fighting for them because in reality nobody cares and nobody cares because nobody feels like they can do anything about it and what's interesting is that climate change is the real that's something that's happening and it's something that when it does come to fruition in about you know 20 years 20 30 years when we really have to worry about the air quality every day when we have to right. worry about how hot it is outside where we're seeing you know worse and worse storms the winter times are are worse the summer times are harsher especially in the midwest right we're going to start understanding that capitalism was not a system built to fight climate change and that will expose the real meaning that climate change is no longer a value it's naturalized it's happening there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do because it's here and you should have done things earlier instead we made it a commodity we made it a part of culture we made it a part of you know i do this and you don't do that because what's wrong with you you're you're an evil and it's because i'm this i'm i use my money for this and my time right my job is this right and you've done nothing for Mm -hmm. anybody and the worst part of that is that when that comes to fruition if you think that millennials have like an identity crisis now wait till when there's nothing to fight for wait to the (laughs) point when there's when people start being like man i really can't do anything wow i'm really stuck here oh tesla's making a robot to replace the worker (laughs) interesting i wonder how that's gonna work out i wonder what's gonna happen when amazon finished making making their ai uh, self-driving truck you know a an industry a, a job where plenty of people who don't who who don't have college degrees used to work on you know joe biden making it uh where now you can only work eight hour shifts driving a semi truck which is ridiculous i mean people can work 12 hours driving a truck and it's like we are the system the government and i'm not blaming joe biden they're all the problem all of them it doesn't matter what side you, you, whether you're Republican or a Democrat, they are all a problem because they're not doing anything. And frankly, they don't care to because Nancy Pelosi is going to be the de- is going to be dead by the time <laughs> climate change is a problem. She doesn't give a fuck. She just wants to go to fucking whatever resort, whatever private country club, private beach that she can go to drink martinis, go back to Congress, pass a law that, that she just invest invested, uh, uh, millions of dollars into a bank about like credit or some shit. So that in like three months down the line, her investment goes up by like 12%. That's all she gives a fuck about. All these people are, are criminals not worthy to live in society. They're dangerous. The goal here after like realizing that there's, a process to things becoming naturalized out of capitalist realism is then to see what else we can get to become naturalized other than like the death of the planet or of our species. Right. You and know. honestly, the death of a planet is a big one. That's a pretty fucking big one. <laughs> and what's and, and thing, but things that's, it's a good example of it's a top down kind of uh, example of all the different corruption right. and destruction and, pro- and just like poisons and diseases in our in our system. And another part that people don't understand is that there, even after climate change, there's another real that's going to hit us that is in the state of where climate change was 20 years ago. The way people are talking about what I'm about to talk about is not on the news yet because nobody cares. There's no politician really talking about it because nobody cares, right? Everyone cares about AI. They want to hear about climate change. They want to hear about healthcare, right? 
uh, literally one a politicians came out and said, if we do healthcare, that's going to be really complicated. Everyone went right, right. They all went right, right. They did that. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like people want healthcare, but who the fuck? Who's showing up? Yeah. Who's showing up? You see any? You see any marches lately? You see any people complaining about like, oh, you know, our freedoms are being taken away? It's like right. It's like your freedoms are going to really feel taken away when you get that eighty thousand uh, uh, medical bill that you can't afford, and now your life is tied in debt to uh, to the medical industry. And have fun, you know, have fun with that. And, and we, what's interesting is that like I was saying, the next reel that's going to happen is the fact that uh, population is going to have a hard time because there are so many chemicals in our food. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. People who talk about like, uh, uh, fuck, what's the poison? The the weed killer. The one that everyone was just like, you know, gave people cancer and shit like that. Uh, not a... Uh, um, it's like mm. the, the most, the one you know. The, it's like, like asbestos or no, some shit? No, no. It's a poison. You buy oh, like fucking a, Menards. Mm. You spray it on your weeds and shit like oh, that. Oh, um, Every, I know. Yeah, my, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it doesn't matter, but I have it in my head, but we all know what this brand is. I'm going to fuck, I'll look it up. Hold on. Uh, it's a weed killer. Weed killer. Let's see. Roundup. Fucking Roundup. Everyone freaked out about fucking Roundup. Oh, it's so bad. It's all bad for the environment. Everyone feels so proud of themselves that they figured out that fucking Roundup's bad for the environment. It's like, right. It's like, okay, the water that we collect has so many hormones, pills, chemicals. Our food gets absolutely doused in this shit. People don't understand that that was the side effect of GMOs, that, yeah, you made food that lasts longer, but they made food that you can spray with Roundup and it doesn't affect it. So when they're like, well, you got to wash your fruits and vegetables. That's why. Because there's so many fucking chemicals mm-hmm. on it that if you eat it, you're putting those chemicals in you. And don't even get me started on the fucking plastics on your food. There's oh, so that. many. They're finding infants, infants being born with a percentage of microplastics in them. They're finding microplastics in placenta of women. It's like people don't understand that this, they're already talking about. There's a great book called Countdown. That's illustrating the fact that these things are going to affect women's reproductive cycle and men's ability to produce semen. They're showing that men are uh, men's testosterone levels and the ability to produce semen is going down. Women are not being able to produce healthy eggs as long as they used to. Right, the window of having kids is getting smaller and smaller and smaller for people. the The amount of uh, miscarriages that we're having is rising. It's like so you have. All these wonderful things coming together at the same mm-hmm. time. You have the inability to have the reproduction. Uh, you have, you know, a what the what, entire Western world is is crowded in depression, suicide, bipolar disorder, like the, all these rates of like dyslexia, autism. All these things are rising, and I'm not attributing that to chemicals. Maybe who knows, but. I'm just saying it's rising. It's happening. If anything, it's a if side anything, effect of what we live in. If it's a side effect of the emotional distress right. that that a crumbling society brings. Right. We're in, but this is part of the pendulum swinging in the sense of of civilizations rise and they fall. Right. We're living in the fall of ours, but it's a slow fall. It can take hundreds of years. This well, and honestly, Jared, with the fastest technology is moving. It might take a hundred years. Exactly. We're getting to the point where we're moving well, so quickly. We don't know how to. It'll do. Well, it's not going to be exactly that it's going to be faster. It's that the pendulum, like I said, the pendulum with technology, with AI, with how we might be able to control our physical reality and almost ma- and make like a virtual reality and pretty much alter our consciousness in that sense. Um, and, I, and, and, and and like disrupt humanity in a sense we can keep the pendulum from swinging back and keep it swinging in one direction but that's I don't want that to happen here's the, here's, I don't want that to I don't want to be stuck like that this is what it's going to be and this will be the thought that we end this podcast with with this one it's a simple question <laughs> it's all I want mm-hmm. if you look at the rights and freedoms that were taken away after 9-11 and then you look at how far the government went with the restrictions and control during COVID right 
which they will mm. continue enforcing and are and are enforcing what will that same government do when the air quality is so bad it's hard to go outside or impossible when the temperature is so hot yep. that people are dying of heat stroke or when the food gets so bad mm-hmm. what do you think they will do what freedoms will be on the chopping block then and genuinely ask yourself will you do anything <laughs>